I'm Enzo. And I'm Reina. And this is the Date Night Horror Show, Episode 2. Welcome back to those who heard our first podcast. Thank you for returning. And so, welcome to any new listeners. Hopefully we have a few of those too. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, we wanted to record the podcast in our garage because we have a kind of a humble little screening room in there. We have a projector and that's where we watch all our horror movies. Um, but we also have a lot of crickets in there. And I don't want to kill them because I think they're kind of cute. Yeah. I, I even like the sound too. Uh, of course, for podcasts, it's not it's not the best. So um, thank you again for um, bearing with us, and hopefully w- you won't be hearing any of that uh, in further episodes. So you never know, though. Yeah. So um, are you ready to introduce what the next episode this episode is about? I'm ready. So um, this time we tasked ourselves with finding the top ten our top ten list of horror movies from 2010 to recent. And I got to tell you, it was hard, 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 hard to do. Yeah. I, I, I was actually really inspired after realizing how many great horror movies there are. There's a lot out there. Just from 2000 alone. And then 2010 to 2000, you know, current, there's a lot. Like, I, 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 was, I could easily find 30 that I would highly recommend. And I was super excited about that. Um, yeah, what I like too is I, and I can't. I will have the website for the next um, episode, but you can put in the date range you want, and it gives you all of the covers of all the movies. It lists them all out, but it also shows their cover. Yeah. Um, and there are so many there that I had forgotten about, right. and then also so many that sounded really interesting, and then some that were crazy titles like. My zombie tits or something. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, that's a movie title. I, I swear. Feel, I feel you kind of cheated because what I was doing is I'm, okay, I'm like 2000, 2000. Ooh, my memory's not 2010 that good. To, to now. And I'm like, oh my God, that movie. And then when I would try to, when I would search for the date, I would see another one. I would be like, oh shit, I got to put that in, in there as well. So yeah. I do cheat a little, but it's because one, I'm horrible with names. So I always get the, get it. I want to get yeah. the t- titles correct. For one. Yeah, whatever gets it done. <laughs> and two, I was doing that, but every movie I selected was like, has, will have to be on our next list because it was like, you know, 2000 and two, between 2000 and or two, something. Yeah, there's a ton in there as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm all the ones that I, were, that I thought of were all too early. So, right. but they'll be on my next list for sure. Cool. So I, I guess let's let's do it. Let's let's start. Okay. What, um, ladies first. Ladies what, first. Yeah. So the first one I'm gonna start with because I feel like it either got lost or it was kind of an obscure one. It's called Hush. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I remember it. That one we saw on Netflix or Shutter, uh-huh. one of those. Yeah. And we kind of took a leap of faith because yeah. from the description, it kind of looked I don't know like more of a thriller than a horror movie. Yeah. But the premise is it's a writer who's deaf that goes to the woods to cure her writer's block. And then all the hell breaks loose while she's up there. Yeah. And it really um, just goes through her from her being a victim to how she uses her survival skills. And uh, and also just that her being deaf just creates a lot of creepy, oh, there's so terrifying much, there's moments. There's so much tension where you're and you're you're on her side the whole time. Like you. Yeah, it's. It's really, really clever. Um, it's a, it's your standard slasher, but be, because she has, you know, deafness, she can't. There's certain things that 
Well, she can't hear anyone yeah, keep certain, them up behind her. Yeah, there's certain <laughs> things that crazy. the... Okay, and, and of course, the slasher realizes the situation and then he starts to kind of play with it. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, and then you had mentioned that she comes out, that mm. actress comes out in uh, yeah. Haunted Hill. Yeah, she plays um, Theo. Oh, she, 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 plays, she plays Theo, Theo in um, yeah. Haunting the Netflix. Hill House. Yeah, yeah, in the Netflix uh, series. Yeah. Which is actually a pretty decent yeah, horror we'll talk series. about those. We'll do. Later. We'll do. We're definitely going to do an episode on um, on series, TV series, horror TV series. Yeah. Because there's there's some good ones out there for sure. Yeah. If you haven't seen Hush, I really recommend it. It's a very. I mean, talk about tension and scary and everything. Yeah. It's really good. I highly recommend yeah, it. It's kind of a slasher turned on its ear. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just thought I just thought of that on on the fly. I'm sorry. Huh? <laughs> okay. Alrighty. Um, all right. Um, You're next. What's your first one? So my first one. Um, whenever anyone asks me recently, you know, hey, what's a good new horror movie that I should be seeing? I always think of this movie. It's called The Black Coat's Daughter. Yep. Um, That's a good one. It's a fantastic possession film it it breaks all the tropes it, it does really different things um but it's also very well shot uh really good young actors in it um and it's one of those films that after i finished it i wanted to see it again because i feel like i missed a few things because when you know when the final story re is revealed you know you're like oh wait I wonder if there were any cues there. And then I watched it again, and there's all these little personality nu nuances mm -hmm. between the characters, and you're like, oh, there's a lot more going on here than meets the eye. Um, yeah. I loved it for that. Um, secondly, it, it's, it looks like your, you know, your standard, you know, well-shot independent film, but it also has teeth, and it's very dark in spots. Uh, it has a brutality to it. Oh yeah. Um, and and yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, one of the things that that's also interesting is when I saw the trailer for it, I thought it was going to be what I call horror light, like it was going to be more on the thriller side and less on the horror side. But it is a horror movie. Yeah. Like it has some bad dark stuff. In it. Definitely. I remember when you said this is, was our next horror film, the the title of the movie, I thought, was Yeah, it's odd. a bit confusing, yeah. Because um, that doesn't sound like a horror title movie. Yeah. Um, so, but it turned out to be like, whoa. Yeah, like I think... Really I think, good ride. I, th I think the trailer was crafted to get a, a wider audience beyond horror, and hopefully it did, because it, it's one of those horror movies that I would be proud to, you know, share with other people and say... This is this is great horror right yeah. here. Um, well, I think too. I mean, it's hard to for us even to describe it without yeah, revealing I, too much. I'm, so I'm old school. I don't like to give spoilers. I I even like to keep the premise vague uh, and just say it's good because of these reasons. Um, because I, I I want people to experience it the way I experienced it. You know, right. going in dry and like not knowing what to expect. I loathe spoilers. I won't even watch trailers. Because I'm yeah. afraid it'll it, spoil something. These days, trailers show the whole thing, so yeah. it, it's understandable. That's a good one. Yeah. Um. Do you have your second choice? I do. So my second one is the Babadook. 
Ah, the Babadook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like it. So the, the premise of the Babadook is um, it's about a, 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 excuse me, a son and a, and a mom who tragically lost the father. And I can't, it was a tragic way. They don't show it, I don't think, but mm. it's, they talk about it. And so they have to start anew. And the little boy starts to have behavioral problems and, you know, also starts telling his mom about this monster that is trying to kill them. And the mom just thinks like he's having some mental breakdowns and behavioral problems. And so they medicate him yeah. um, to try to help him. But then the mom starts seeing the yeah. Babadook and yeah. then it just goes from there. Yeah, I, I actually really liked um, the design of the Babadook. It reminded me a lot of Long Cheney Sr. in London After Midnight, if you know, if you know that visual. Um, the long nails. He, yeah, he, um, he was also a big inspiration for um, Tim Burton's The Joke, uh, The Penguin. Hmm. Um, so, you know, the big teeth, the coat, the, the hat. Um, yeah, kind of hunched over. Yeah, it had it had this nice gothic horror touch uh, for me. And then, you know, when I was a little kid, I would have nightmares and That's see shit like in my room. That's what I like about it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It kind of really plays to your childhood nightmares and the monsters you always thought you saw in the shadows. Yeah, so. and I think what I picked up on it too is is um, when the mother starts to have her issues, it feels like this broad metaphor for parents who are in a in a situation where it's kind of a struggle and they feel like they're bad parents you know it's all all the anxiety that comes with well. it yeah they're not yeah. coping well with the scenario um one thing i would i do want to say is i think the babadook's a great choice but for me personally um i feel like it lacked a little bit of teeth i felt like it needed a little more i, th I felt it teased me a lot as a horror fan but didn't quite give me the shock that I well, wanted. Well, it wasn't in your face. Yeah, it's definitely not in your face. I still think it's great. I think it's it just had good little really nuances. clever. I think it's really clever. And it's clever, different. That's yeah. what I like. It's a different type of horror movie. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that. I said that poo-pooing on my choices here. Um, I just wanted to mention that because I want to show that we do have uh, different opinions on certain things. So, yeah. Still a good Next. choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay um my next choice is probably the second film that i bring up when people say oh what's a good new modern horror movie um and it's called the eyes of my mother hey i put that on my list too yeah how can you not it's it's so good it's so good so basically the eyes of my mother tells a story about a family that that lives in a, a kind of a rural farming area um, very isolated. Very isolated. It's a mother, daughter, and uh, um, a father. And um, they, something happens to them. And again, <laughs> I like to keep things vague. Something happens to the family that kind of creates uh, a, a, a huge uh, tra uh, tragedy. Right. And then you see how the daughter copes with it and kind of how she moves into adulthood. Uh and she does it in a very dark way. Um, I don't want to reveal Oof. more than that. I get goosebumps thinking about it. It's so creepy. Uh, the things I'll tell you to entice you is that it is one of the most beautifully shot black and white horror mo movies mm -hmm. of recent memory. It's just beautiful. 
It's yeah. so nice. Um, yeah, I, I have to highly recommend The Eyes of My Mother. And I believe but, that was on Netflix. Yeah, but be very prepared. It's a very, very dark film. Uh, but if you're a horror person, I highly recommend yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm I like a, that it's on your list. Too. Yes, it's definitely on my list. It's I bite my nails because <laughs> it's a nervous habit or when I get scared and I barely have nails as it is and that one I had like zero <laughs> nails. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good one, man. That's yeah, a good one. That's a really what, good one. What's your next choice? So I'm going to go with a more recent one, which is A Quiet Place. I oh, just okay. really loved that movie. Yeah, I thought I it was really very good. Did. One, I was really impressed with John Krakowski, who's from The Office, who knew that he could write and He's direct got a lot of this range. amazing horror movie. Um, sci-fi horror movie, I would even yeah. say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for those of you who have been asleep and haven't gone to see the movie, um, it's about an apocalypse, an alien apocalypse, and the way that aliens find and eat you, because they do eat you, um, is by noise, by sound. So any sound you make, if you talk or whatever, that's how they track you and they eat you. Yeah, I think what was really refreshing is seeing a family cope with that situation and then an apocalypse where it wasn't constant human-on-human treachery. Like, that's... Yeah. This, the, the, um, the aliens are so acute to sound that you couldn't have a big feud and shoot each other because then all the aliens would kill you. So right. it was a very fresh take on an apocalyptic yeah. world. Yeah. And two, the family is so smart and, and clever. They figure out a way to survive and then they're, they're very disciplined. And it also has great moments of pure horror. Yes. Yeah. And it was what's the daughter is deaf. So the family already knew or had the survival skill of sign language. Yeah. So that, that was probably, so that was pretty, I advantage. thought that was pretty cool too. Yeah. And um, all the actors were really good in it. Yeah, yep. Um, you have a lot of scary moments because the mom character, Emily Blunt, um, her character is pregnant yeah, in the got, film. She, so She carries so many high tense, high oh tension scenes. Yeah. And so well, like, it's, yeah. it was amazing. There's some really like, oh, scenes like you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, really great. I, I just... For me, for 2018, that was probably my favorite new horror movie. Yeah. I think that's a great horror movie to recommend to people who don't like horror movies. It had a, it definitely had a, a more of a hybrid feel. Like it's, it has, you know, that I think the sci-fi helps and then that it's a family story. Not it that it's a family smart, film. Though, but too. Yeah. And I it's smart. Know. Yeah. And, um. I lost my thought. Sorry, I was gonna say something, but <laughs> but no, it's oh, and the father daughter. No, no, no. The father daughter relationship too is really a good element as well. Mm. I really like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and it works. Yeah, it I really think the, works. The most uh, emotional scene could have easily fallen on, on its face, and I remember we watched it recently, and mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that scene works every time. It worked in the theater, and it works works in our yeah. in garage. So please, if you haven't seen it, rent it. Um, in the big red box or prime or whatever. It's such a good movie. Yeah, that's, that's a really good one. Um, okay. You, I would say my next choice would be it follows. I thought about that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really I liked it follows. List. I really liked it follows. Um, it follows, um, is, um, 
a movie that centers around an entity that's uh, that haunts you and is passed on, passed along as like a sexually transmitted disease. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> But when it's you pretty say, messed up. But it's very well made. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of artful choices in it as well. Like, um, one of the things I notice about the film, uh, and if you've seen it before, watch it again and you'll notice this, is that time the, um, the time period is very hard to nail down. So, like, the characters, uh, the teenagers, they look like they're dressed from the 70s. Mm-hmm. But then there's some that look like they're dressed from the 90s. And then there's characters that don't have cell phones, but then there's a character that's reading a digital book. Yeah. And then their televisions look like 70s televisions. Like they're mixing all these time periods. And I thought that gave it a really um, kind of nightmarish, like, like if you're in, an, no, in, like in your nightmare own nightmare. And it's all kind yeah. of yeah. disjointed. And then I, I also really loved how um, this entity can take on the the appearance of anyone mm-hmm. but when it does it, you can clearly tell that it's the entity because the entity has kind of a plotting zombie yeah. quality to it um and i think the performances of the actors that played the entity they're they're all varied but they're all really really well done and yeah. effective and there's some moments that are come out of nowhere and, and the like, way you get rid of so this so scary and shocking is horrible. <laughs> yeah, you pass it along. You pass it along through sex. Yeah. Oh, that's a little spoiler. So, well, I mean, there's more to it than just that, though. I mean, I did say sexually transmitted. Yeah, but I mean, it's still more to it than that. Then. Yeah, it's like uh, being sex, uh, being uh, haunted, but you pass it along through intercourse. Um. I thought the I thought the film was was really really clever, especially you know, a lot of those teenager films they they don't sometimes they just don't pay off. They're just no, not that good. They fall flat. Yeah, or the or the cast isn't that great, or they just you know they kind of you know they're there and then they go away because they're not particularly unique. I thought it follows was was very very unique and creepy. Yeah. So that's yeah. So I think my next choice. I wonder if this will shock you. Let's see it. Do it. Bone Tomahawk. Oh my God. You know, I love that movie. Well, so it doesn't shock me. I'm just mad that I forgot about it. <laughs> see, so, uh, I should have gone to that website. I'm telling you. Oh my God, Bone Tomahawk. No, Bone Tomahawk, I thought about. Okay. Because I, I couldn't remember the name. Okay. So I looked it up. I put like can, cannibals. It's about cannibals. So it's really cool because it's a, a mix of a Western and a horror film. Yeah. But really well done. Yeah. And it's the return of Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. Kurt Russell and stars you know in it. I know how I feel about him. Yeah. He's awesome. And um, so it's basically these cannibals are abducting townspeople and a group of cowboys go look for them because one of them includes one of their wives. Yeah. Um, and so, and that fir- the first portion of the movie could be a Clint Eastwood movie. Uh-huh. Like, it, like it, it's it has, a straight up Western. It's straight Western and it has that kind of that slow pace of a sl- yeah. of Western but then when and it, it punches you in the oh gut. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Some not the for the killing, faint of heart. Oh I'm my god! Tell you that right now. God, some of the kills kills in that movie are so brutal and scary. Oh my god! I can't believe I forgot about yes, that movie. Yes, that's a that's, that's probably an incredible choice. 
one of my favorite cannibal movies for sure. I know that sounds very odd, but since you're horror fans, you get me. Yeah, Bone Tomahawk. That's a that is a good one. What year was that one? I didn't write it down. Oh, okay, you didn't. I didn't write down the year. Sorry about that, guys. (laughs) I had to write them down because I wanted to make sure I was picking the right ones for the the right you know within the right uh, time. Yeah. So hit me with your next one. Okay, so the next one is 2012's Cabin in the Woods. How funny. Okay. Okay. And. Here's here's the thing. That's so weird. I usually don't lean towards horror comedy. I know a lot of people like it. Well, the problem I have with a lot of it is that sometimes it's too comedy and not enough horror. Yeah. I feel like it's just it's just exploiting horror when it's like that. But movies like like uh, Cabin in the Woods and like Zombieland. If you watch Zombieland, the zombies are really well done. Oh, yeah. And they're really creepy and scary. Yeah. So to me... I really like Zombieland. To me, it's paying respect to zombies and then being funny. Mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods, the premise is hilarious, but the all the horror elements are top-notch, are absolutely top-notch. I don't know why that surprises me that you chose it. I mean, I get it because I, I didn't... I, li- I liked it. I don't think I would liked it enough to put it on my list, but... yeah. I, I had to I had to do it because again I always look for unique things and stuff and this this horror movie is so meta, it's ridiculously meta. I sort of don't want to tell you how it's meta. You just need to go see it, or you need to figure out. You know, you need. To, I, I think I'm it's, sure it's on yeah, one of the yeah. Um, cabin in the woods. I'll, I'll say this. Okay, it's mm-hmm. about a bunch of teenagers that go to a cabin in the woods. And all this horrible stuff happens to them. That has a good twist. To so, it. so right there is like the most obvious cliche premise you can come up with, but it, but it's way, way, way more than that. Yeah, it does have a good, it does have a good twist. I'm surprised. That's funny. And again, it, it, um, under the hood, you can tell it's a love letter to horror movies. Like, there's so many hmm. tropes, like winks to different tropes, but again, very well done. Um, I really loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I just, I don't know why I find that funny. I don't know. No. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. I'm sure you feel the same way about me, about some of my choices. So, um, the next one I'm going to talk about is one we just saw. Okay. And it's Terrifier. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I didn't know what to expect. Okay. So first of all, it's about a clown. So you know how those movies can always yeah. take a horrible turn, right? Yeah, like not good. Like they're not good at all. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, because clowns are creepy. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Forget all other clown movies you've ever seen in yeah, your life. He's, he's taking it. This dude yeah. is disgusting, Yeah. creepy, nuts, brutal. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, ugh. Yeah, horrible. It, it's interesting. The story behind terrifier for for Drena and I um I saw I saw a post on a website and they were talking about terrifier and they were saying oh yeah people need to check this out and I'm like oh okay I'll put that on our list because again we have this big watch list and we chew through that stuff so I told her I'm like everyone's saying this movie's good and And I doubted it yeah so you start watching it and to be honest with you the way it starts isn't the best um yeah when you finally see Art the Art the Clown character, uh, then things Damn. pick up really fast. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I mean, when the when it starts with you know two chicks, you know coming back from a Halloween party and they go yeah. to a diner and then they come encounter Art the clown. Yeah, it's creepy. It's all gross. He, the actor they chose to play him in in that film, because there's two Art the Clown actors. Yeah. But in this, because there's two or three terrifiers. Yeah, there, there's, there's, yeah, it, it's kind of, it started off as a short film and then it moved on to being part of another movie called Hollow's Eve. Oh, right. So, yeah. Oh, that's right. Hollow's mm-hmm. Eve. And it, that, that, or that was, all, all Hollow's Eve. Yeah. That was good. That was pretty good, too. But, yeah, so it does start off like your typical horror stalker movie i guess well in at ma- first in many ways i mean it follows similar classic tropes for sure but what i love about it is the 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 people behind this movie you can tell they absolutely love horror oh, movies 100%. and love slasher movies and so you know they're just doing that sort of thing in a very effective way they don't hold back yeah and at it's all. dark that that well, there's a there's a death scene in the movie that is one of the most disturbing yeah, it's, death scenes I've seen in any movie yeah. my entire life. Yeah. And I've been watching horror movies since I was five, no, six years old. No, uh, it's brutal. So, yeah, it's because it's, it's slow. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. It's gory. And then it's similar to, I, I felt like, you know, this is, this is big praise, but it's like the first time you see Nightmare on Elm Street and you see Freddy for the first time. And you, the film ends, you're like, I want to see more of this character. I yeah. want to see how this character evolves. This, that's exactly the same feeling I had with Art the Clown. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing I would say about Terrifier is that I hope it has a, a bigger budget next time. Yeah. So they can do more. Cause it's definitely be movie the ideas, The ideas and the execution is definitely there. The, the, they need a bigger budget. Yeah. And I feel like Art the Clown could evolve into one of those classic, classic um, icons of horror. Definitely. Yeah. That's that's an amazing choice. I, I love, yeah, yeah, I love Terrifier. Good. You? Next. Um, the next one's kind of obvious, but I figured I would mention it. It's 2013's The Conjuring. Hmm. Why, why are you saying hmm? I don't know, because I remember, it's funny, because I remember at the time liking it. Yeah. And I thought about it. But then, like, I couldn't really recall it. Okay. I think it's because the franchise has expanded so much since. Maybe. So it's it's possible. Some of them kind of, you know, Conjuring 1, 2, and then Annabelle, and then, like, they, they've been making a lot of yeah. these um, uh, Lorraine and, and Ed Warren-inspired uh, movies since. And I really like those characters. Um, so I kind of want I kind of want, yeah. want more. They have good actors playing um, but what I liked about The Conjuring is we went to go see it in the theater, um, and I thought it was really effective and scary in spots. And that that I think because that first film is so effective, that it just launched you know the whole franchise into a you know into a, into the stratosphere. And oh, I just like that sure. it's actually scary. You know, it's popular scary. and it is okay, it's so. got some good scary moments to it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't remember the details, so I didn't feel I could justify putting it on my list. Yeah, because I but I do remember liking it when I saw it. I should probably watch it again. Yeah. Do you have another one? Yes. So because I love zombies, <laughs> I chose uh, Train to Busan. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> 
you uh, haven't seen Train, Train to, to Busan, Busan oh. you should see it. Now, I'm a fan of slow-moving zombies, but these zombies are creepy as hell. Oh, man. So, so good. It's, it's, it's based in Korea, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a father and a daughter. Yeah. Right? And they're, tra- they're trying to get away from the zombie yeah. uh-huh. apocalypse on the train. Yeah. And all, all this messed up stuff happens, not only from the zombies, but from the people trying to survive the zombies. Yeah. Um, and this man is just a really good man trying yeah. to save himself and his daughter. I really feel like it's, it's like if you had to pitch it, it would be uh, 28 Days Later, but uh, the Korean 28 Days Later... Yeah. And it centers around survivors on a train. Right. And what they have to deal with. You know, and the, the zombies are fast moving. Like they run. They run and they they kind of fling themselves at uh-huh. you. But it's not it's not like um like Daisy or what's it called? It's Daisy, right? The Daisy? Brad Pitt? No. Uh, oh, World, World War, War Z. Z. World Ugh. War Z. Ugh. Yeah, I, no, the, the CG was so prominent in World War Z that it you never believed that it was. Yeah, no, you no, just no. said, "Oh, there's a ton of CG in this yeah. sequence." No, no. In Train to Busan, they clearly hired a bunch of acrobats and contortionists mm-hmm. oh, to yeah. be like hordes of them to, to throw the themselves. Of the it is, is amazing. Oof. It is Maybe. amazing. I want to. I want to see a making of of Train to Busan because. Mm. I thought that stuff was so exotic and scary. Yeah, it made like, it scary. Really scary. Like, oh man, I thought that was so cool. And then there's all these clever moments with them having to deal with the fact that they're on a big tube. Yeah. You know, a train. And yeah. They're trying to get from one car to the other. Oh, it's yeah. such a good choice. I love it's that. It's on movie. my. It's definitely on my list as well, but maybe lower on my list. Mm. Um, How to put zombies on there? Because yeah. you know they're my favorite. Oh, that's a, that's great. I I loved train to busan okay i see i see your train to busan (laughs) let's see let's see let's see and i raise you a steak land Ooh, yeah so i forgot about steak land so steak land i think if i were if i were to pitch steak land it's basically the walking dead and the road but Mm. with vampires so uh the world has been um overtaken by a vampire virus but the vampires are more creature like um, they transform a human into more of like a, you know, like a, you know, wolf. You yeah, know, like a weird with fangs. Yeah, but but they they crave blood. They want blood, and it's probably the, one of the better vampire movies. Yeah, the first ten minutes, <laughs> I always Takes start a movie. I yeah, I always start a horror movie, and I'm like, okay, let, right, let's see if they're gonna go somewhere good. And the first ten minutes, uh, of Stakeland are man. They yeah. are really creepy and scary, and yeah, um, they don't pull any punches at all. So I thought it was really, really good uh, in that regard. Secondly, the the actor that plays Mister, he has kind of a Robert De Niro quality. To yeah, me. he does. And he has that kind of subtle, seasoned actor quality. And mm-hmm. then the the um, the there's a, a young man who's a survivor that. That uh, Mister helps, you know, who's more of a seasoned survivor, and their relationship is really good. They're both really subtle uh, actors, yeah. So it has a it That's has a, a it has a seriousness to it that I really really appreciate. <clears throat> and again, you know, p- people always ask, oh, "What's a good vampire movie?" This is one of the ones that pops in my head. Yeah. 
in Definitely. recent memory. Stakeland and Stakeland Two, they made a sequel to it, is also very good. Um, so yeah, That's and Stakeland is 2010, so it's right at the at no, the edge of our barely made it. Yeah, so. that's a good one. Good choice. Okay, so the next one I'll go with is you're probably gonna roll your eyes at me, but the Purge, the first one. <laughs> I really like the Purge, yeah, the I first like, one. I like. Well, I mean, I like the. I haven't seen the latest. They've all been pretty good. Yeah. But I really like the first Purge. I think because when I saw it, it's one of those move or one of those movies that you're just like, whoa, this could really happen. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you know, without getting too political, you know, our political climate is is so divisive these days, and a lot, and and I feel like the Purge movies really, they really uh, explore those themes. Yeah. And great horror has, you know, has subtext to it. And right. yeah, I, th- I thought it was great. And then it has the class issue. It has the race issue as well. Um, but it's also, it's also really scary. It's horror very movie. scary because, yeah. you know, my God. Yeah. One day where you can kill yeah. free. It's just, ooh, the concept's just creepy. Yeah, it's really, really, really creepy. Okay, so my next choice has to be Black Swan. Oh, I forgot about Black Swan. That's yeah. such a beautiful horror movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense to, to overlook it. I mean, it. I remember it got a lot of accolades for being a great art film, which it is, great independent art film. But it's also a horror film. It's definitely a psychological horror film. The mom. Whew. Yeah, it's, it's so, so good. Um, <clears throat> so basically, it follows uh, Prima Ballerina, and she's kind of struggling to um, to really reach this uh, level in her performance to play this the black swan role in in a ballet. <clears throat> I like Swan Lake. And she's played by Natalie Portman, who's so good in the role. Did she get an Academy Award for this? I believe so. Yeah, it's it's so good. And um, Mila Kunis <clears throat> is really mm-hmm, good too. She's really good. At, though the whole cast. And yeah. I, I remember when a writer. Plays oh, the older yeah, yeah. Ba- ballerina as well, um, and it's really really good. So she's basically struggling to to reach this pinnacle, this kind of um, kind of intangible thing in her performance that uh, the director is is trying to get out of her. And through the course of trying to reach for it, she she starts to lose her mind. Yeah, and. It is so, it's one, I'm going to use that word again. It is so elegant. <laughs> it is though. Yet it is so beautiful. dark. And that what, what I love about it is that it explores the kind of the nuances of, of artistic competition. Uh, the, also the physicality of being someone like her, you know, the, yeah. they sh- you see her legs, you know, and her, um, her feet after she's been dancing all day and it's kind of, a slightly masochistic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so great, and it has oh man, it has so many themes centered around art and talent and ability, but then it also gets really twisted and weird. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love that movie. Yeah, it's a really it good is movie. so so good, and and again, it's one of those hybrid ones. So I'm sure a lot of people saw it. Um, well, that, you, but I, I so love much attention. Spawn. Yeah. yeah. And that's 2010, so it's right at the cusp. God, really? Was it that long ago? Yeah. I would think it was a little more modern. Yeah. Oh, what's your next one? Do you have another one? I do. So this one is um, a more modern one also, and it's Get Out. 
Oh, yeah. I had to choose Get Out because yeah. racism is already a horror story of its own. But Absolutely. Um, this yeah. movie is really, it's trippy, it's scary, it yeah. has a lot of, you know, social commentary. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was a really uh, great actors. Yeah. So I thought it was a really well written and performed I, I lo- movie. I love when a, a fresh voice comes to horror. Yeah. Like it's, it's so... It's so refreshing. <laughs> and I thought it was very, very effective uh, and trippy. And again, it's very, it's like Black Swan. Like it, it, yeah, it's like a Black Swan. You know, it's, it's, it's psychological. And, you know, it really creeps under your skin. It, yeah, I, thought, I thought it was really good, too. Yeah, I really. And then there's all this, this subtle, there's all this subtle nuance to the racism thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, kind of like real life. Uh-huh, yeah. It's yeah, not over-the-top racism, really. Uh-huh. Well, it's, there are some moments like that, but there's also those more subtle. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, when when it got all the accolades, I, I'm like, well, well we got to watch this. And then we watched it, and we're like, yeah, that's yeah. that's good. What a great addition to, to yeah. heart. Yeah, that one's awesome. Your next one? So. <clears throat> this is our last one, right? Is no, it? we have two more. No, we have, yeah, okay. So. The next one is for me is Crimson Peak. Oh, I thought about that one too. Yeah, but I figured you would pick it. Yeah, I, I loved Crimson Peak. There's a there's a few reasons why I really like Crimson. One, I love Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I think he has the strongest visual eye of any director right He's now. He's amazing. Like he lives up to his hype. Like he visually he lives up to his hype. But he's also a really great storyteller, and he brings his love and passion for things like horror to the screen. <clears throat> if you grew up watching the, the Hammer films, hmm. those, those English horror films, this is a love letter to Hammer films. Like hmm. everything about it, the, the exaggerated color palette, like everything, even the, the actor, the, the guy who plays Loki. Yeah. Like he I looks like a young Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm. You know, he like, does. So like... I just I just love the movie and I and I think uh, all the twists and turns in the story are really interesting, and uh, when you see the apparition, it's really scary and yeah. scary and beautiful at the same time. Um, one of the things that's kind of an interesting story about watching Crimson Peak was um, we love going to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal, and we went to the particular maze for Crimson Peak. And we're going through the maze, and, we're, and I start to see, like, all the sets, because they kind of recreate all the sets. Mm-hmm. And then the apparition appeared to us and started chasing us around. And, yeah. and I remember running around going, oh, man, I need to see this movie, because <laughs> yeah. I, I had kind of overlooked it. So yeah. thank God we have a little screening room, and we watch in the screening room, and I absolutely fell in love with it, and I bought it right then and there yeah. after writing it. Um, For me, uh, it was more beautiful than scary, though. I didn't find it that scary yeah. um but I'll, it is I'll agree with that. it is beautifully shot and everything and Guillermo del Toro is amazing i yeah. huge fan of his i'll agree with that I, I i think it's 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 one of those the teeth are small yeah. in it but it reminded me it reminded me so much of the hammer films yeah i could see that and i i just felt i just felt an appreciation for it just just based on that so my next choice is creep oh oh man that's such a good choice <laughs> so i really like creep because it's a it's a little more mo- it's modern or recent i guess yeah 
Um, and it's about a, a creepy serial killer. And um, the cat, I forget the actor's name. I wish I, I would have written it down because he, he's perfect. Because oh, he's, he's very great. unassuming, uh-huh. kind of typical. Like a goofy, he's kind goofy, of a goofy, funny guy. Looks harmless yeah. guy. Uh-huh. Um, that plays the serial killer, and he does have a charm to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and he's intelligent, and he uses all of those. <laughs> well, why are you laughing? What's funny is that it, that movie makes me laugh as much as it scares me. Like it, because he's a he. The shit he does is so creepy and out of left field that when he does it, it's it's kind of funny. But oh my god, yeah, I guess. But I I also feel like that choice is probably the most current to society right now mm. because he uses craigslist yeah that's to, true. to lure people in and kind of you know befriend them that way and then he lures them out to this remote cabin that he owns Which people are crazy yeah it's insane and and people do that i, I yeah god i have a friend who traveled all over uh who travels all over staying at people's couches and you know it's it's a scary thing when you think about it it is you know? i'm telling you some of the premises of these movies horror movies scare you to even want to do anything yeah yeah because all this shit can happen it's funny i had creep on my list too but i tend to lure away from movies that are kind of found footage and a lot of that a lot of the footage looks like found footage but i don't think it was overused no it's not overused and it's some horror films it's it's definitely beyond the found footage like it's the ideas in it are are unique in and of itself beyond the found footage uh, delivery. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I think it is really, really effective. And the second one's really good too. So yeah. it's like, the second I, I like them both. I like them both. I don't know. The second one's, uh... <laughs> that, guy, that guy, I I don't know, man, that actor That's is okay. really, he's really, there's something, uh, he has a magnetism, like a comedic magnetism to him. And I think that's why when he, when he does do the really dark stuff, it, it, it makes it more disturbing because you're like, oh, yeah, I, I liked... He seems like a nice, harmless dude. I liked dude. him before. You know, yeah. the stuff he says and... Yeah. No. Yeah, that's... that's a, So if you haven't seen <laughs> Creep, look for it. <laughs> that is definitely both... Creep and Creep Tour are actually both, I believe, on Netflix. Yeah, I think they're, they're both on there. Um, okay. Your um, next one? So my number nine is Don't Breathe. Do you remember that one? No. So Don't Breathe... Um, it follows these derelict kids in Detroit that uh, that plan this oh, heist. Yeah. And yes, yes, yes. They uh, that's they, a good one. I forgot about they that. scope out this veteran's house. Um, oh, that's such a good who's, movie. Who's now Mad blind? I, th- I think he he got that um, either in the Gulf War or he's a vet of yeah, some sort. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so they uh, they find out that they they hear that he has all this money stashed away. So they decide to rob him. And uh, what they don't realize is that this guy is military trained. Like special team. Special ops. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think is so great about the movie is that at the beginning of the movie, you hate these kids. You're like, oh, man, these fucking derelict kids, you know. Uh, and you're like, wow, you know, you're gonna to rip do, off a vet, who's rip blind. off a defenseless veteran. You know, it's like you you absolutely hate them. But then when they actually get inside, and they're trying to do what they do, you know, they're trying to rob him. You start to realize that it's like a spider and the fly kind of thing. Yeah, like this guy is incredibly dangerous, and 
not only dangerous but unhinged in his own way. So, um, so that's what I love about the movie is that you kind of turn your opinion of victim versus you know yeah. victimizer like switches around, uh, and there's some really clever ideas, and then it gets really weird and twisted too. Oh my god, so, so. twisted. I'm so mad that I forgot about that movie because it is a really good movie. I did see it on the list when I was looking through movies and uh -huh. the name just didn't click with me. Yeah. But also I feel like the way we're describing it, you're probably, the audience is probably like, wait a minute, he's just defending his his house, his stuff himself. But And that's very true. He is. He is, but wow. But there's a lot more going on with this guy. Oh, it. yeah. And it's it makes him really scary. He's one of the scariest kind of slasher killer types I've seen in recent memory. Like he's, he, you believe that someone could, could be this effective. Oh yeah. And then also with what he's been through, you know, you find out more about what he's been through, how he's become this unhinged as well. Um, the rep, the, the title is a reference to his, uh, his hearing is so acute, mm -hmm. you know, him being blind and then also being, you know, special forces. That you shouldn't breathe when you're in the room with him because he's going to find you and he's going to snap your neck. Yeah. So uh, it, it's fantastic. It's I, I really liked this film. I thought yeah. it was really, really good. Um, and yeah, it, it, and it's one of those films that I think got, you know... Uh, it did. It kind of got, got overlooked. Um, overlooked. Was, was slip, you know, slipped through the cracks a little bit. And that's why I wanted to mention it. And again, it is one of my favorites. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So, well, The Eyes of My Mother was also on my list, which would have been number 10. But I did, <laughs> so I put this one as honorable, honorable mention because, and you're probably going to laugh, but it's because it was kind of a surprising good um, horror movie. Okay. Mom and Dad. Mom and Dad. Oh, With Nicolas yeah. Cage. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. So, we took a chance on this one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we just rented and, uh, it out of the blue. Yeah, just to see what it is. And Nicolas Cage, you know. To be quite honest with you, whenever Nicolas Cage plays a crazy guy, I'm in. I'm That's just true. so in. That's true. Because he, he just, he's so entertaining and over the top. And it, I just I just like him when he's unhinged. And who was the actress, remind me, who plays? Uh, Sal Selma Blair. Oh, yeah, Selma Blair. And she's really good, too. Yeah, so yeah. it's about um, this weird... It's like a something. It's like a it's a, it's almost like a media attack. I think it happens through the television. Oh right, it happens through yeah, it happens through the TV. Yeah, where parents turn on their kids. Yeah, it's like a like a like a they weaponized uh, some sort of television signal to cause parents to kill their kids. Yeah, and but what's cool about it is it has all this great subtext about how your teenage kids can make you crazy and you know mm -hmm. they yeah. can be little assholes and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, it's actually really entertaining and I love that you brought it up cause I completely forgot about it yeah. too. And I really enjoyed it and it was recent. It right? was a fun, yeah, it's pretty recent. Like seven, 2017 mm -hmm, around there? Probably yeah. around there. Yeah. yeah. I just thought it was a, it was an unexpected find. So I wanted to try to throw, I always try to throw a little bit of that yeah. in there. Anyway, um, this next one is going to be a controversial choice for uh -oh. us. Oh, um, I already know what you're going to say. Because, because I loved it and Reina did not like it at I don't think you enjoyed it much at all. Um, it's um, uh, 2018's Hereditary. So it's funny because I feel like this is a this is a very uh, polarizing film. There's some people that I know that have that liked it, and there are other people that didn't think it was that great and didn't like the ending or whatever. 
Um, I thought it was really disturbing in parts, and there was imagery in the film that stayed with me for days. Like I, I just I don't even understand. It just haunted me a little bit, and I really liked that. Um, the film um, follows a family uh, that's going through a mourning period. Um, the grandmother has passed away, uh, and she, I guess she was, you know, um, distant with the family in the years before uh, passing away. Um, Tony Collette plays plays the mom in the family, she's such a great and actress. I love her in everything. Yeah, she's, she's just, really good. She plays neurotic better than any actor I've seen, and and she's tailor made for this role. Um, and you basically see the family and kind of what goes on after um, the funeral. Um, and in a point in the early on in the story, something really really terrible happens. Um, and then you see more of the actual story, what's going on under the surface. Um, and it's really, really clever and well, well made. Um, some people have complained that the pacing's a bit off. It's horrible pacing. There, there's a point in the middle. That's they lost me. I mean, I love 70s pacing. I like when a film takes its time. I can deal with that. What I would say with Hereditary, there's a, a section in the middle where... It feels like nothing is happening. And I feel like if the film was edited a bit more, it could be one of those big films. Because I, don't I know. think the ideas are there. No. I feel like maybe I have to see it again or something because I did not oh, that's get it at all. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, this is a, another um, example of how sometimes a film can totally work for me and not work for her and vice versa. Um, what I would say is, if you like uh, a slow burn film, with, very slow, with burn. disturbing moments and and some really artful visual choices, um, uh, Tony Collette's character is an artist, and she makes these little miniatures of of she like she does these autobiographical um, dioramas of her life, and she's she's a, I guess she's a successful artist doing this. And I found those, like when the camera would pan on those and kind of show those, I found those really creepy and very specific. Oh, yeah, they're all creepy. And I think that that stuff, the some of those things, I think it's what made me buy in a lot more than you. Um, and then I would love to see it again. Uh, it's funny because it's played out in my head a lot ever since seeing it. I don't understand that at all. And there's just a couple of moments in there that really creeped me out. That really, really creeped me out. So I I have to put it on my list, uh, and it is very current. That's so, such a... But I love, I love the fact that we, we don't have to agree with everything. We agree on a lot, but we don't have to agree with everything. Um, what, well, for me... What, 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 what was it specifically that Well, the pacing, for one, didn't yeah. work for mine. I like Sloper, and I don't... I'm not, I'm also, I like both. Sometimes I like it to like hit me in the face as long as it's not too slick. But I feel like the pacing in this one just, it made me lose interest. And yes, mm. there were some creepy moments. The houses were creepy. The kid was creepy. Um, and it had subtle creepy moments, but not enough to keep my interest. And it definitely did not stay with me. Uh, that's interesting. Okay. But again, maybe I should say, because I'm a full disclosure, well. I fell asleep. 
a little okay. towards the end. Uh, yeah. So. See, and towards the end, that's where it really picks up. Uh, you have to wait for the end after yeah, a two, three-hour movie. No, yeah. thanks. <laughs> okay, so we, we clearly didn't agree with that. And now, our feature review. Okay, so we're ready for this week's feature review. It is Suspiria 2018. Versus Superia 1970. That's the wrong word. <laughs> Suspiria. I sort of want to keep that. That's really cute. <laughs> Superia. <laughs> versus Suspiria 1977. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say versus, but I mean, we're definitely going to refer back to the two. Um, I was really looking forward to seeing this movie. I'd been tracking it for for over what feels like over a year. I knew it was coming out. I'd seen the early trailer for it, and I was waiting for it to to be released around us, but the it was never playing anywhere around us. So finally, it's out on Amazon. It's an Amazon original movie, but it's only available to purchase right now. So I asked myself, I'm like, how badly do I want to see this movie? And... I just said, screw it. Let's just buy it. So, yeah. What, what, sh- do you want to start? Sure. Because otherwise I'm going to ramble on forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, we also tasked ourselves with watching the original. Yeah. Um, because I hadn't seen it. Uh, so, and then, so we're going to kind of do a comparison movie review in a yeah. way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I know we're totally going to disagree on this. So, um... <laughs> I'm just going to start by saying, for me, and you'll hear me say this a lot throughout our podcast, that some of the toughest movies for me um, to review or to like are ghost stories and witch stories. Really? Witch stories? Okay. Yeah. They just have to be really good. Yeah. Otherwise, and and kind of some, and demon stories, possession stories too. Mm -hmm. They just have to be really, really good. Okay. Otherwise, they seem very cheesy to me. Right. Okay. Um, that's fair enough. So I guess I'll, I, I guess I'll start with the new Suspiria, um, was beautiful. I mean, it was yeah. a beautiful movie. The dancing was really beautiful. Oh, I loved the, the music love the and I'm not, Tom, you're, the, um, be- music was good. <laughs> hold on a second. Hold on a second. So, <laughs> I, sneak that in. so just so you guys know, I'm a huge Radiohead fan. And one of the primary reasons I love Radiohead is because I, I love Tom York's voice. So that was another thing that had me chomping at the bit with this movie, is that Tom York, lead singer of Radiohead, did the entire musical score and then did some original songs with his voice. But... Yeah, but the music was really beautiful and it went really oh, so well. you did like the music? No, no, I liked the music. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. I was surprised. <laughs> by, you, yeah, you tend to not... I was like... really surprised by um, how much I liked the music. I felt it went really well mm-hmm. with all the sequences and set the mood really well. Yeah, and it, and it was a, a vast departure from the original film. You know, that, that Goblin, the band Goblin did the music for it. And that one theme that I absolutely love with the... I love with that. With the whispering? Yeah, and, and yeah, it's just yeah. just a really odd and unusual mix of music. Um, However, yeah, th- this movie definitely went for its own identity. For yeah. Sure. However, if I compare it with the original version version mm-hmm. of it, I feel like the music was really overpowering. 
in the original Suspiria. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was like too much. It was accosting you. It 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 yeah. It 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 shakes you. Like it rattles you with its music with the music. I found it annoying. Hmm. I, okay. I found it like overpowering. Like it was sure. too much. Uh-huh. Like it was just too much. Like I was okay. I got <laughs> kind it. Kind of bashing you over. Yeah, there. I under. I get it. <laughs> Creepy. Ooh, which I got it. Yeah. Like I felt it was a little too much. Copy. It was creepy and aggressive at the same time. Too. Yeah, not that it was bad because right. I I like the one with the whispering in particular, the mm. probably the best. Okay. Um, like one of the kill scene ones. Uh-huh. Like I I really like it. Um, but uh, it was just too much, and I I I understand it was a labor of his love, and he's a very artistic director, Dario mm. Argento, mm. but some of his cuts were really weird. <laughs> Like it was cut two scenes were really weird. I think I think that's what I love about Dario Argento is is and and Italian cinema. I mean they there there is an art there's an artistic streak through all of that stuff. You know, like no, that, like a course. boldness, of like course. a bold artistic statement. But some of it's very Not like it. um I even find it kind of condescending. Okay. So like Okay. With the beginning of the film when she arrives in berlin and she wait wait wait. are we talking about the, uh, the original 2018? okay no, the we're original. talking okay, the original. original okay so when she first gets in the car and she's driving you know to the school and all that and it's pouring rain uh-huh like he hits you over the head that it's pouring rain yeah i got it yeah it's it's raining right right okay so some of his cuts just seem really weird to me mm. um but what's interesting about the music p- portion of that is that i read an article uh-huh uh, and Dario Dario Argento hated the remake. Okay. Because he felt there wasn't enough music. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the, the musical t- take on the on the mu- on the material was really different. I feel like the original film, again, it was kind of aggressive, aggressive rock, modern rock kind of thing, and then. I feel like what Tom York did was more a traditional movie movie score with melancholic, yeah, um, alternative rock, yeah, but not not really rock any either. But and, a lot and more the mood subtle. the mood was really really different. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, the actors in the in the more recent version are is are better. I mean, they're just better. But I think that's just with the time. I think yeah, actors have, in general now are just a little more subtle. Yeah, and than they, back in the day. Yeah, and they have way more material, and I'm sure in the original film they weren't being directed to be subtle. Right, right. So I feel like I feel like um, uh, classic Suspiria is a horror movie that has artistic um, goals to it, mm-hmm. and I feel like the new Suspiria is. An art film that has some horror elements. Hmm, I can see that. Do you know what I mean? But I, 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 hmm. I think I said all that way too slow. <laughs> yeah, but I will say, to, well, yeah, no, you didn't. That's fine. I think too that um, for me, this original story is better okay. than the remake story. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I liked it better. I thought um, the ending was for me a bit cheesy. For for which one? For the new one, I thought it was pretty cheesy. Okay, all right, cool. Um, what what specifically was cheesy about it? Yeah, but I don't want to do any spoilers. 
Okay, you can keep it vague. Like, I can tell you, l- let me just say this. I agree with you. I think the way the way it ended is not as good as the way it started. I think the way it started was they were juggling all these really subtle artistic things. Yeah. Um, and then yet it was willing to get get hoary very early. I think that first dance sequence. Oh, I lo- that's one of my favorites. Oh, my God. That was so good. Yeah. I remember when, when we were in the middle of it, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be one of my favorite horror films. That's what I thought. Like I thought, wow, this is this is hitting on all cylinders, and it's brutal, and it's, wow. Like, I was just shocked. But then, um, definitely towards the end, it it went to, it got a little cheese ball. Yeah. It's like, it's... So for, yeah, it did. So for me, the kills definitely in the in the newer version are better. But again, that's just I think sign of the times too. Mm-hmm. Um, because the one, the first one you're talking about, I thought was I've never seen a kill um, that it's hard to say it without spoiling it. I've never seen a kill go down like that. Yeah, so it was pretty pretty. It cool. was super. I think it was one of the most artistically unique moments in yeah. the film. And it also happened to be um, one of the most unique kills in a, Very, in a horror film. Yeah. Um, and then I just think they did the classic thing. They tried to tie it up into a pretty bow at the end. And it yeah. just kind of was like, really? I feel like a lot of the taste went away. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, You watch the whole movie um, and there's a lot of taste in it. Really good choices, elegant choices. And then towards the end, it turns into... <laughs> it turns a little WWF to me. Like it's it gets a little hokey visually. Um, it's like somebody else finished it. Yeah, almost. It was yeah. weird. And then yeah, and then the the very end, the very end of the film. Again, we're trying to keep it vague, um, but the very end of the film is is kind of nice, like in a weird sort of yeah, way yeah like it just it veered off in a really for no strange, apparent reason yeah and see here's the thing with the original suspiria when you find out what's really going on uh, at the dance school it's kind of this coven of evil you know yeah like it's and you know that's it that's what it is and i and i feel like this the the 2018 film is kind of indifferent to that even though it showed the other side, the evil side of the story a lot more than the original did. Yeah, it's it's sort of... I don't and think it t- understood what it wanted to do yeah. there. And then it totally changed the main character story. Yeah. Which was weird. Yeah, I think I think they were talking about this being a reimagining. Um, what did you think of Tilda Swinton in the film? Like, what did you think? About she's it? always good. <laughs> she's. Always I mean, she really just good. is. She's creepy and weird, and mm-hmm. she, any any role she takes on, she's just really good. Even Dakota Johnson was good. I thought she was great. I thought she was I really she good was in it. Great. In yeah. The film. Yeah. She did a really good job. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Tilda, she's a great actress. Yeah, she is. She's awesome. Um, I I've heard a lot of people complain that they feel this movie is a bit pretentious, and, you know. Being a creative person, I did go to art school as well. There's a language between artists, and I think in the film they show this. 
you know, and you'll see this in movies like Black Swan as well, where the the artistic people, you know, will use artistic language to kind of um, tell each other what they're feeling, you know. But that's what the movie is. Yeah, I mean, so even I, the don't, original. I don't think it's at all um, pretentious in no. that way. If you're if you're saying that bec- based on the how they speak to each other, it's it's how creative people speak to each other. They have a language, you know, and within themselves, they you know exactly what they're talking about. But I think from the outside, it might seem pretentious. Um, those are the moments. Some of the moments I love in the film, where you see dance and you see how they figure out a sequence mm-hmm. and the energy and the the intent, the artistic intent of, of the sequence. I think that stuff is so successful in the film. Um, and I think when that mixes with horror, that's when the film really shines. The The yeah. first dance sequence, the second dance sequence, yeah. that big dance sequence. I love one. that. Yeah, that was really cool. See, in fact, when we when I saw that scene, you know, when we were watching it, I was like, okay, that's price of admission. I'm fi- I'm fine that I paid full price. Because they're practically naked. No, because <laughs> it's so artistic, and then you can tell all the all the dancers in the film learned the dance. Yeah, no, there's it was a, a, it was a very cool dance. There's almost like a warrior like energy to it, but then there's also a sensuality to it and a delicateness to it. It was it's so cool. That's that's one of my favorite. Yeah. Favorite. Yeah, sequences. no, it was really cool. I kind of wish that sequence, the artistic choices in that sequence, were part of the end. Right. That should have been. Because the end the stuff end. lacked taste. Yeah. And again, the artistic choices weren't there. But the moment it is made meant to be powerful. Long. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could have done without that. The other thing I really liked and appreciated about this, about the 2018 version, is that they used the the german language yeah the characters spoke their language i feel that's a huge mistake when uh movies are shot in different countries people just speak english and that's it yeah i mean it it, it, there's a bit of authenticity that gets lost and i also feel i also feel it kind of talks down to the audience a bit um i don't mind when it switches you know um and i thought they use english predominantly so you know, it, it just adds character and flavor well, they and used english where it should be used the main character is uh-huh. american so when they spoke to her they spoke english so that makes sense one thing i would say is i think both suspirias they're the kind of horror films that are that are quite that aren't quite for everybody you know they're sure they're um they're both doing bold artistic things and for some people i don't think they i don't think they want that in their horror, and that's understandable. Um, if you have artistic leanings, uh, or can appreciate a good art film, or taking a piece of cinema as a kind of a canvas of art, then you might like both films. Um, but if you if you don't lean towards that, you know I could see how you wouldn't like these films. So, both of them. Um, I have one more question for you. But I think uh, I'm going to have to sound the alarm on this one, um, just because I don't want to. I don't want to take the surprise that you'll discover when when you find out the answer to this question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, press the spoiler warning. Ooh. Okay. All right. All right. Beware. Spoilers ahead. 
the actor that played um, the doctor in the film. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that is? No, but did he have makeup on? Yeah, that was a lot of makeup. That's what I thought. That was a lot of makeup. I'll give you a little hint. And again, we're gonna we're talking about this, and you know, I don't want to spoil it for other people, but we've done the spoiler warning. Um, it's someone who's in the cast already in makeup. Tilda. Yep. Of course it is. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It it is, but you know, I thought it I thought it was. Um, it's funny because when we were watching it, I thought that the person had makeup on. Uh-huh. Because they were gonna like do a uh, like a flashback or something when oh, okay. he was young. Uh-huh. So I did not catch that it was her. Yeah. But then until you said it, because I know she kind of gender bends. Yeah, and what's interesting? In roles. A, a couple things. So when we were watching it, um, we were watching it on our fire stick, and you know how you can go in and see the trivia and stuff. And I wanted to know who the actor was, and for some reason. That actor's name would not appear. Everyone else's, everyone else in the scene would appear, but that actor's wouldn't appear. So I'm like, I noticed that too. I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna find out who this is. So I go online, and then they confirmed that it was her. And then so you watch it, and you're like, yeah, that's that's her. That's funny. What another thing that's really interesting about it is the way she looks in makeup reminds me of how David Bowie looked in make in old men yeah. makeup yeah, in was... The Hunger, in the movie yeah. The Hunger. And I've always said that I would love for Tilda Swinton to do a Bowie biopic and have her play David Bowie. And I think if you know anything about Bowie, he would have loved that idea. I think that he would he would be so happy that a, a female would play him instead of a male. Just because, you know, he was always uh, androgyny friendly, I guess, is the way to say it. And they were friends, and she appeared in, uh, I think, a couple of his videos. Mm. So, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's a testament to her, because she played that character. I, I, I knew it was like, oh, this has to be a good actor, maybe Gary Ullman or, you know, someone, because I knew it was makeup. But then I find out it's her. Yeah, that's funny. Because I, I could tell it was makeup, but I, like I said, I thought maybe because they were going to do a flashback, and then they never did, so I'm like, yeah. was I, my eyes deceiving me? Or Yeah, it's like it's like the ultimate witch spell. That's cool, though. You know, it's really cool. So our next episode, we're going to keep going, uh, and we're going we're gonna to tackle 2000 to 2010, and maybe even trickle in some ones that we didn't get to talk about, because there's actually... So much good uh, new millennium horror out there that I'm actually reinvigorated with, you know, passion for the genre because I feel like the genre is is hitting a new renaissance. You just have to find the good ones. So cool. I think we have another uh, episode in the can there, baby. Yeah, that was fun. Cool. Scare you later. Bye bye. Show is written and produced by Enzo and Reina. All music written and produced by Enzo. Follow the show on Facebook.com slash the Date Night Horror Show. Find Enzo and Reina online at the Date Night Horror Show.com.